It's the Dogcast, episode number 375. Dogs lose a heartbreaker to the nerd herd from North Avenue. Old Dog and I have had a chance to think about it, uh, you know, and I don't know. It's uh, time for some soul searching in the bunker, man. We're uh, not very fired up now. We're just kind of solemn resignation. But hey, all is not lost. You're going to hear me read a poem at the end of this show. And stay tuned to the very end for an awesome compilation of Isaiah McKenzie's dad. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 375. Me and Old Dog are in the bunker, uh, and uh, you know, Old Dog, it was a a tough loss. It was a I perfect mean, a, end, perfect end to a perfect season. It was a perfect end to a perfect season. It was the kind of ending that you would expect, you know. Not, I mean, well, I'm, again, again, another nine and three, and totally irrelevant. That that's what we as Bulldog fans have have come to love. And, yeah. and want in our football program, and it's, and we've got it. But hey, we're excited about the future. Let's talk about. I mean, hey, we're excited about the future, man, because we got a great recruiting class coming in. Let's Always talk, do. Listen, before we just go off the deep end, okay? Because we are about to go off the deep end here in just a minute. Um, do you want to talk? Like, we should talk about the game, I guess. I mean, the. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Here's the thing. <laughs> You know, and I got into an argument with a lot of people. There's a lot of people. There's a huge amount of um, – there, there's a problem out there in the in the world right now, old dog. As you know, you've got the people that are still excited about the future, people that are still on board with Coach Rick, and then you've got the people that are realists and that are not. You know, but it seems like the realists, the people who are, are thinking about change – Well, we're in the minority. Minority, yeah. Yeah, and I, t- I tell you, I want to say off the bat, too, I understand that when you fire a winning coach, which Coach Rick is a winning coach. I mean, hell, there's no doubt about it. He's a, he's a very – There are a his, ton of winning coaches, but he's, do you, he's do you consider good. this season a win? Mm. The record. I'm just talking about the record, okay? It's a winning record. I mean, there's, you cannot deny the fact well, that, he's Derek, a, yeah, that he's but, good for nine wins. I'm just saying that's Some, a fact. Sometimes ten, but but well, you know, I'm just look, saying look a little bit, look a little bit deeper, look a little well, bit deeper I'm not into defending that. Okay, him. I'm setting it up. We he play wins nine to ten games a year. Yeah, granted, but we play a twelve-game schedule. Okay, yeah, exactly. Six, six of those games are automatic wins. They're gifts. Listen, They're give me's. I'm Anybody. not him. I'm saying a lot of people say. Anybody oh, can anybody can games. win those six games. Right. Anybody can win those six. So basically what we've got this year is a 500 ball club against decent football teams. Won't even say good, won't even say great, say decent football teams. 
Listen, we're 500. Dude. We won I'm three. On, we lost three. I'm done. I'm on board. Listen, the deal is, I, it's just I'm just I'm sick and tired of the talk. It's all talk, man. Talk it, is cheap. It has and been. Sooner or I mean, he always wets the bed. It's going to be a punt safe. It's going to be a pooch kick. It's going to be a morale issue. It's going to be there. The whole team's asleep. And I got into an argument with a guy. He's like, well, you know, Coach Rick didn't cause two fumbles inside the five. But you know, man, here's the problem, old dog. College players, are, they're football players. They're kids. They make, they make mistakes, right? They fumble. They throw picks, right? A coach's job is to rise above that, to put the kids in a position to succeed in spite of that, right? Well, and those kids did make mistakes the other day. But you know what else they did? They did not quit. They didn't quit, and they freaking fought back, and they fought hard. That last drive was fantastic. Hudson Mason, Malcolm Mitchell, Nick Chubb, those kids fought for 60 full minutes. Hell, they fought for 61 minutes, old dog. They fought their way back. However, that pooch kick decision, that's not a mistake, and there's a big damn difference, a huge, huge difference between a kid who fumbles in the middle of a 65-yard run and a million-dollar millionaire coach who says, you know what I think we need to do here? We need to do a pooch kick. There is a huge difference between a premeditated move, a decision. I'm deciding to do the pooch kick in spite of the fact that we've been kicking it deep for the whole game, in spite of the fact that we've covered kicks deep for the whole game, when we really had to have it, Coach Rick didn't really believe. That's the thing that bugs me the most about the pooch kick. It's the prevent defense of special teams. Do you agree? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And, again, you know, should we, should we have been – in a position to win the ball game, should we have been up by three points with 18 seconds to go? Probably not the way we played the game and no. the way Georgia Tech's offense dominated our defense for the vast majority of the game. But we were. Because we of had a kids. chance to win a game that we probably shouldn't have had a chance to win. And you, it, it, the decision goes even deeper. Yeah, was the decision to, to make the pooch kick just just horrendous, dumbass, without a doubt. But that's what we've got as a coach. And, I mean, not just that, but the pooch kick, the tech kick before that, our coverage. Again, it goes back to, to his total disregard for special teams. And I know someone's going to say, yeah, but how about that fake field goal? Well, yeah, that was really cool. And then in crunch time... We're third and goal in a, in a game that really doesn't mean a whole lot to us, except that it's against our in-state rival, and we should pull out all stops. And what do we do? We kick a field goal. I mean, we need to score touchdowns, not field goals. But the thing that and, – and we're, believe it or not, this year we're holding teams to 20 yards per return. We're fourth in the SEC – which, you know, I don't know how good that is, um, in 
in kickoff coverage. But when crunch time came around, deep down, our coach had no faith in our ability. That's the point, right and there. That's, and that's, that's what it boils point. down to. And that's the way he coaches. He coaches scared. Exactly. Are you going to tell me that if you pull Tim Kimber over on the sideline and tell him, listen here, son, we're going to kick this ball deep. I don't know if it's going in the end zone or not. But if that kid runs it out, I need you to stop him before he gets to the 30. I need you to stop him before he gets to the 20. Can you stop him, Tim Kimborough? Are you telling me that Tim Kimborough is going to say, I don't know, man. I think we should, I think we should kick it straight up in the air and let, it, and let him field it on the 50. That would be the smart, safe thing to do. Just like you said, deep down, what the message you send to the team is, I don't believe. I am not confident. I don't think we can do it. You know, it's like playing for a tie. It's like Pat Dye used to say, are you freaking man enough to win the football game? Right. And like you said, it's a, it's a microcosm of this entire squandered program. We squander seasons. We squander careers. We squander recruiting classes. Hell, the dream team's about to graduate. What good does it do to recruit all these damn players if we're going to handcuff them with bad coaching decisions? Actual decisions premeditated to do the wrong, safe conservative, scared, prevent thing. Well, you know, you're preaching to the choir because I've been saying that for two years, and welcome welcome to our side. I'm telling you. And, I mean, you know, again, the definition of insanity, which apparently our athletic department is, is doing the same thing year after year and expecting a different result. They're not um, insane over there in Nebraska, are they? No, and I mean, I'm Nebraska. Their athletic department is number one in my book because their their AD came out and he said, and, and basically Bo Pelini's record in the tenure he's had at Nebraska is pretty much Mark Ricks. Hell, you know, it's I a mean, little better the, than Mark Ricks. You know, he's and, been and again, more bowl Nebraska games. came what? out. You know, Nebraska came out and said, you know, hey. You know, this ain't good enough. We want to be a player on the national stage. And 9-3, and 10-2, and 8-4, and four, don't get it done. Never has, never will. And if that's all you can give me, then you need to go be a winning coach somewhere else. And they showed Bo Pelini the door. Now, does Bo Pelini have the, the wonderful personality? that Mark Rick does? Is he a good man like Mark Rick is? Probably not. Bo Pelini seems to be pretty much an asshole. But the same, but, rec, but as you said, records are records, wins are wins, and losses are losses. Nebraska wants to be in the national championship picture. I love what the guy said. He said, we haven't won a national championship since the 90s. Yeah. We haven't won one since 1980. Something else he said. We haven't we haven't sniffed it one since 1983. Well, you know when he said, said, you know, we have everything we need in Nebraska, except facilities, except we have everything we need to win the national championship, except a head coach. And you know, I understand we have a lot of listeners, old dog, and there's a lot of people in the stands at at Sanford Stadium. They're like, oh well, hell, you know, they're playing the scared card too. 
They're scared, too. They're like, well, you know, if you fire a 10-win guy, hell, you might get a damn Lane Kiffin or a Derek Dooley. You know, what? hell, Tennessee thought getting rid of Phil Fulmer was a good idea, but look what it did for him. But here's the what thing, difference? man. What difference does it make? I yeah. mean, do, do, does anybody really care whether you play in the Capital One Outback Russell Sports Bowl or the Belk Bowl? No. Or the Shreveport? Are you in damn Continental Tire? There are only Charlotte? there are only two bowls right now on the on the college football landscape. There are only two bowls that matter, and they shift around every year between six. This year it's the Rose and the Sugar. And if you're not in one of those, you're a loser. Yeah. Plain, pure, and you simple. You didn't make it. Because you're not competing for a national championship. And, and that's honestly, what I want to do. But Yeah, does, does anybody know the difference between finishing ninth and finishing 15th or finishing 16th or 23rd? or I mean, who cares, man? It doesn't I mean, matter. You talk, you talk to people. You talk to fans. And... We hang our hat. We still talk about the wonderful season of 1980 with Herschel Walker when we won, when we were a player in the national championship picture. Tell me a season since Coach Rick has been there, Jim Donnan, Ray Goff, where we sit around and reminisce about those, about a season that any of those guys have. I mean, when our, when our best game under this coach is losing to Alabama in the, national, in, in the SEC title game, that's pathetic. When you're hanging your hat on, we were three seconds or five seconds away from maybe winning and maybe competing in the national championship game. I mean, that's, that, that's literally SEC, pathetic. I agree. In, in, in a conference where Alabama and Auburn and Florida and LSU, hell, even Tennessee. Tennessee's won damn national championship since we have. Yeah. I mean, hell, everybody's won damn championship. It's, you know, you're right. I mean, I mean that's and, just, and especially And especially now, the SEC East is a joke. I mean, there's oh not a God. good team in the SEC East. <laughs> Saturday was awful, dude. And, and I mean, four. and again, and again, our our divisional champion got got waxed by a four and seven Indiana team at and, at home. Yeah, and they're not going. So like what you know, I mean, it's either. you know this this should have been our year, but you know it is what it is, and it's going to be that way until something happens. I understand Coach Rick is on the short list for the Nebraska job. And and I pray that he gets that job and takes it. I seriously do, but I doubt that's going to happen. So no, here's no. what here's what I need. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy Georgia football again. I need what apparently is the majority of Georgia fans. Please help me get over my need for wins, my need to be a national powerhouse, my need to have meaning in the national football picture, and my need for another national championship. 
help me wrap my hands around and get my head straight on how I can be happy with eight and four, nine and three, and just run around with a Cialis heart on if we go ten and two. With be happy with beating Auburn and losing to Florida, you know. I mean, or, I, I, or I, beat I, South Carolina and lose to Vanderbilt. I mean, you know. Tell me, tell me how I can get to that spot, because I don't know how many more seasons I have left, and <laughs> and I what. need, and and I don't need to go through this angst again every year. I want to be. I want to know how you guys can can be can be happy with the kind of football that we've been playing because I want to get to that point. Is, you know, it, is the, it drugs? Is it alcohol? <laughs> Tell me what it is, and I'll do it. You know, the thing that bugs me too is, you know, Coach Rick talking now talking about how he's so you know after the game the first thing he said was this wasn't the post-game press conference i'm talking about um the press conference that happened a little bit later you know he said you know it's on him his decision to make the uh, the pooch kick you know he decided to do the pooch kick and it was a mistake he totally owned it you know and then he immediately goes into a man but i'm so excited about this program he said he said his exact words were it's not it's not I can't be giddy about what happened on Saturday. It's not there's nothing to be happy about with what happened on Saturday. But I'm real happy with what happened on Sunday and what happened, you know, on Monday with these coaches and their recruiting and the how the players are responding and everything. And you know, he gets into this thing of, man, you just wait next year. The recruiting class we have, they're the fastest and the strongest and the bestest and the mostest stars and the this, that, and the other and the yada and the yada. And we've the got, yada we've and got the Garcia yada. coming in. Sure. Oh, man, golly. We, we, the future is so bright because we've got such great players, you know, and all oh, we're recruiting. And, oh, my God, we're going to have such a high-rated class, you know. We're awesome in the damn class ranking recruiting game, you know? But but we're going to wet the bed. Is there anybody in the sound of my voice right now that thinks there won't be a game or two or three next year when we come out and wet the bed? Bad clock management, pooch kick at a bad time, punt safe, let a fake punt go past us. Let a fake field go go past us. Or maybe the classic just didn't get off the bus. Come out flat, give up 10 running plays, and never have the lead and just lose going away. You know what I mean? Like we did in Jacksonville this year. Exactly. Just be be dead right from the get-go. I mean, those are the classic Mark Rick symptoms. Is there anybody that thinks – the number three class, the number one class, the number two class is not going is going to change that. I tell you what, old dog, I'm I'm cool with Mike Bobo right now. I'm pretty cool with Jeremy Pruitt. Hell, I would be cool with moving one of those guys to head coach and keeping the damn staff we got. I'm just I'm just done with the talk. Talk is cheap and getting cheaper. I, I couldn't agree more, and I mean I've been saying that for a couple of years now. I mean well, we're not we're not going to be where some of us want to be 
with this head coach. So, you know, help me out. Let me get to where I can be happy again. Well, I got something for you guys. And I tell you what, I love the emails, man. I love the emails. I mean, I got emails that said, like the headline is just pooch kick. Joel, Joel Hunt, pooch kick. I will write nothing else. You know? I mean, you guys know we, we did a damn email campaign specifically against the pooch kick this year. And by the way, old dog, I feel compelled to correct some people. I know that most people listen to this show know the difference between a pooch kick and a squib kick, but there is a difference between a pooch kick and a squib kick, just like there's a difference between a damn jet, a bubble screen, and a tunnel screen, right? A prop plane and a, and a jet. A squib kick is a fast, low, short kick designed to be hard to handle. It's a end-over-end, short, low-to-the-ground, fast kick designed, designed not to go deep, but designed to be hard for an up-back to handle. That is what a, that's called a squib kick, okay? A pooch kick is a different thing, also designed to go short, but not designed to be hard to handle. It is designed to take a long time to handle. A pooch kick is a really high kick that comes down to an up back, but he has to wait on it forever. That's the idea behind a pooch kick. So if it's high and short, that's a pooch kick. If it's low and fast and short, that's a squib kick, kids. They're two different things. Don't get them mistaken, because if you're going to email the Butts Mirror Building, don't complain about the squib kick, because we can't afford to let Mark Rick get off with saying, well, I didn't do a squib kick, right? It's not a squib kick. What we did was a pooch kick. They're two different things. I mean, I think we need to be clear on that, right? Well, we do. And, and you know, and the sad thing is, because of our our lack of, just thinking that special teams really matter, we we did a pitiful job of covering the pooch kick. I oh, mean, I not only not only did we pooch it, but then they returned it sixteen. Then we do a terrible job with the pooch. With the, I mean, you know, you know, but it's because I just don't think players. I don't think players. That's why prevent defense doesn't work. The pooch kick is the prevent defense of special teams. Yeah. It doesn't work because it goes against a player's nature, especially a defensive type player, a coverage player. Tim Kimborough, guys like Blake Sailors. You remember our boy from the few years back, uh, Andrew, what was his name? Andrew Johnson, the number 47, uh, what was that kid's name? Is Andrew something. Yeah. Those kids, they're not designed to play it safe. Those kids run down the field as fast as they can possibly run and fling themselves at people. They have a mentality of stop the running back or die trying. They are like, they are... They're burning their boats, man. They're going. Well, exactly. They're leaving and, it all out there. Well, and a pooch kick is a prevent defense, pooch kick, play it safe. That's not the way. That's just not the way real competitors are wired. No, but that's that's the way. That's the way of our coach and our program. And I mean, it is what it is, and that's the way. And and you have you've often told me that's the way it's going to be. Uh, Listen, guys, I'm going to read a couple of emails here. That was a fantastic email about talking about, play, you know, talk is cheap, playing your tail off and all that kind of stuff. 
Listen, guys, I'm just going to wrap this show up. We, uh, we're going long because I'm getting fired up. I got a thing I want to talk about. We got a great email, and I just want to read. I'm going to read an email to you. We're going to finish this show up. Um, you guys know we did the um, we did the email campaign against the pooch kick this year, and so here's the deal, guys. We had an, a guy named Ryan Van Meter who re- who wrote a poem that I think is maybe the, is the best thing I've seen all season. This guy wrote a poem about the pooch kick, and I just think it's fantastic. If you want a copy of it, you can email me. I'll send you the copy. It is just the best thing ever. It's entitled, Why the Pooch Kick, which, as you remember, is a thing that Old Dog, I mean, that's like the, that's the, that's the shirt logo for next year. Why the Pooch Kick, a lament. The poem goes as follows. The Pooch Kick has never made all that much sense, but Athens will rue it from this day hence. What started as cute in the first of the season always left fans puzzling after the reason. In a game of yards, why give them 50? But clearly some coaches thought the thing nifty. So Derek and Old Dog decided to act. They asked their dear listeners to form a firm pact. Call coaches, call players, call all the douches, and tell them to please stop kicking the pooches. The listeners, they finished the drill and then some. Dozens and dozens of calls beat the drum. Stop the pooch kick, please, God, stop it now. The sounds of their voices raised to a howl. Derek's friend begged him, call off these good dogs. Bulldog Nation thought the message was logged. For weeks, no pooches were kicked, no yards given. Morgan kicked it deep and Rick was forgiven. But just when we needed those yards all the more, An old habit floated from the old coach's core. Eighteen small seconds and Tech needs a kick. Surely you put it where the end zone is thick. Alas, we did not, and the football was bounced to a Tech team that already thought it was trounced. What a gift they must have thought on that day, and with it they took our dear win away. Woe be to the Bulldogs and woe be to Rick. The decision stung deep. The poor pooch has been kicked. Man, that's good. That, in so many different ways, sums up what I think about this season, what I think about the pooch kick, what I think about our listeners, what I think about this coach. Ryan, that poem is fantastic and i'm going to make it my mission to put this poem on coach rick's desk i'm going to put it on the desk of every single administrator in the butts mirror building i am going to push this poem i'm telling you this is the best thing (laughs) i love it if you want a copy of that in a word document email me and i will send you a copy hell i may send it to everybody in my inbox that's probably what i'm going to do actually you're going to get a copy of it whether you want it or not guys i really appreciate you listening i hate that the season ended on as sour a note as it did i do want to cover a couple things we did have a season winner in the in the um the pool. The season winner, the winner for the whole year, 
was our good friend, friend of the show, and one of the best damn fantasy football pool-picking names of the season. Eat the Meek was the pool winner for the entire season, and by a pretty wide margin, actually. He won by more than eight games. Um, That's almost a week average worth of wins. He was a week's worth better. Eat the Meek is our season winner. And, sir, if you send me your email, you will be getting a team autograph poster. And this is going to freak you guys out. But I'm giving away an autograph poster with, and I'm not even kidding about this, Todd Gurley's autograph. We got it from the uh, preseason, you know, the picture day deal. And it's got a lot of autographs on it. It's got Hudson Mason and, uh, you know, Malcolm... I'm not sure it has Malcolm Mitchell, but it has Michael Bennett, it has Chris Conley, it has Todd Gurley and Brendan Douglas. So Eat the Meek is the season winner, and uh, congratulations to him. Guys, we still are running our Christmas special, and I still really need to sell some shirts, because these shirts, as you know, have an expiration date. Uh, Pretty much they're just vintage pieces now. So if you, you know, I'm giving away, I still have... Mm, five dually cups. So I'm giving away dually cups and stadium cups with every shirt purchase. If you go to the website, hit the Dogcast uh, store button. If you buy a shirt, you'll get at least two cups. Hell, I don't know. I'm feeling like just shipping a bunch of damn cups right now. So I'm shipping cups. And also, I want to thank you guys once again for your awesome stepping up on this Michael Davenport art project. It's a great Christmas wish. We are already up to $600 for him, actually $700. Um, we've sold seven paintings. We're going to put $700 in this kid's hands for Christmas. You guys are awesome. We still have about seven or eight paintings left. If you're interested, email me. I'll send you the file with pictures of Michael painting the pictures with the Sharpie between his teeth. Um, you know, he has no arms, only half of one foot. Uh, he has one and a half feet, that is to say. Um, we're selling those pictures for 100 bucks, and the money all goes to charity. It all goes to this one guy, this artist, this street artist in Athens. A lot of you guys saw him. He's been doing this for like 10 years now. We just decided to try to help this guy out. So we have about seven or eight more of these pictures. You can click the custom art button and uh, order one of those. 100% of that money is going to Michael. So uh, 100% of the shirt and cup money is going to me. I just want to be clear about that. But uh, So if you guys want shirts and cups for Christmas, I promise you'll get them in time for Christmas. We'd love to ship some more shirts and cups. We'd also love to sell more art for Michael. We'd love to win more football games too, guys. Um, Pretty damn disappointed. I mean, it just sums up the whole season, though, right? I mean, a freaking pooch kick. I mean, you just knew it had to end on a pooch kick, right? Um, Check your email boxes. I'm going to send out the pooch kick email to everybody. I think it's fantastic. It's maybe, I mean, that's a real piece of artwork, Ryan. I love it. Guys, thanks for listening. Our email, as you know, dogcast at gmail.com. Our phone number, 706-363-0210. Man, I'm just sad. I'm really sad. I'm really dispirited. And I'm about done with Coach Rick. I really am. I know the downside risk is great, but I know that I'm just decided things are just not going to get better. I mean, hell, I'm willing to risk the downside. We've got to dare greatly if we're going to be better. 
we're going to have to dare greatly on the field as a coaching staff and as an administrative staff in the athletic department. We're going to have to dare greatly if we want to beat and the best teams in the West, the best teams in our conference, and win 12 games in a season and make the playoff. We're going to have to reach higher. Guys, thanks for listening. Go dogs. Yeah, this is Bert Dial in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, I'm sorry, we we sell the legal weed now, so it's we changed it to to Vansterdam, Washington. So hopefully none of the players will come out here for spring break. That's instant two day suspension, two game suspension. So yeah, I just wanted to add that this season's just uh, hasn't been good for my substance abuse hobby. It's actually turned into a bit of a problem. I just recently sobered up from the Florida game only to notice a fucking squib kick, which, again, repeated the downward spiral. So, yeah, just woke up again, and I'm going to try to figure out where I am. So, if you'll excuse me. Uh, sir, you speak English? How much for your shoes? I've given it a few hours to, to calm down and just relax and breathe, and I'm not going to talk or think about football for another nine months, but I just want to say one last thing. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have national championships. This is why we can't have SEC championships. This is why we can't have SEC East championships. That is all. Goodbye. It ain't right. It ain't Christian. I, Bobo can go. Buster Mason's going anyway. I'm okay with him, but uh, he's going to think about this right his life. We should have won this game, and the fact that we lost, it ain't, it ain't right. It ain't right, and it, it ain't Christian. And Tech can go to hell. Fuck Tech. Yeah, this is Burt Dial again from Vancouver, Washington. Um, not really sure where I am at the moment, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to call back real quick. Have one more thought, you know, about kickoffs. Um, just want hope you guys might cover the the strategy of not fielding kickoffs. Um, or, you know, not sure why we did that. Maybe you could talk about that. And uh, you know, I understand hockey, for example, why you might not, why you might pull a goalie, but I'm not sure, for example, in football, why you don't field kickoff. Yeah. Um, all right, thank you. Oh, shit. Well, you just can't give it up, can you? The pooch kick. Again with the pooch kick. Thanks, Coach Rick. Thanks for another trip to the Outback Bowl. Wow. Unbelievable. I just heard that they fired Bo Pelini in Nebraska. I'm not saying Georgia should hire Bo Pelini. But if you look at the talent that Nebraska had and and Bo Pelini doing nine and two, you had to ask yourself one question. I mean, after going nine and nine, nine and two, nine and three, after averaging nine and three over the last number of years, why did Nebraska fire Bo Pelini and Mark Rick, still coach of Georgia? Uh, this is a very good question. And I think the only difference between Bo Pelini and Mark Rick is Mark Rick is nice. Bo Pelini isn't. Now, I'm not saying hire Bo Pelini, but if he got 
nine and three out of West Town. I wonder how he could do in the SEC. You know, it's sort of like, you know, West Miles coming from the, the, the big whatever they are these days, the B1G, and coming into the SEC and winning in the SEC. I don't know. It's a crazy thought. It's a crazy idea. But who knows? Unfortunately, we're not firing Mark Rick. We should, but we're not. Dollcast technical support. Still feeling driving around the nation's capital. Over and out. Hi, Derek and Hot Dog. Dogcast technical support here. Mulling a trade in mind. Sending Mark Rick over to Nebraska and bringing Bo Pelini to Athens. Yeah, I know. Pelini's not a nice guy, but hey, he's won. How many times has he won the Big 12, Big 10, Big whatever with with, you know, Midwest talent. Now, could you imagine if he won with, with, with Southeastern talent, what he could do with SEC talent, what he could do with the talent coming out of Georgia? It's just a thought. That's all I'm doing is I'm thinking. Uh, I don't think there's been an opportunity like this in a while. I mean, hey, look, you know, Les Miles went from, from Wisconsin to, to LSU with one in a couple of years. Nick Saban went at LSU, went to, to Miami to try to coach the NFL, and then back to to uh, Alabama and, and won. So, you know, maybe it's time to think about something different. So, Pelini would be different. I'm beginning to like this. Oh, well, it's just a thought. Okay, technical sport, driving around the beltway around your nation's capital, over and out. Wow. Uh, I, I just don't know what to say. You know, I never thought I'd say this, but, you know, it is what it is. Pets and mates, indeed, have been pulling for the guy all year long, but now that that's the last meaningful game, dude, he sucked. I mean, guy screwed up for us. I mean, he's never really been that great. So, you know, the biggest the biggest downer about this whole thing is seeing Paul Johnson there on the sideline with his shit-eating grin on his face, smiling. You know, he's cocky already. So, you know, he just he thinks he's just it. And it just it kills me. I, I hate Georgia Tech. You know, hell with the nerd herd. Just... You know, hopefully you got a good bowl game to look forward to, I guess. But if you're not in the big bowl, the other games don't mean shit. So, uh, let's, uh, let's look forward till next season, guys. As usual, go dogs. Well, another, <laughs> another magical year. Uh, I've been looking back and thinking about, you know, how, how could we have been how could we, in hindsight, how could we have been so stupid? Well, our problem is we just did not have enough kicks, different kicks in our playbook. I mean, we should have added, like, like uh, we should have had the dick kick, which is when you, you line it up, you try to kick the ball into the opposing coach's dick and put him out of the game. And then you got the... Uh, 
we could have had the elephant ass kick. And the elephant ass high as hell, and it smells like an elephant's ass. Also, we should have had the, uh, how about the Isaiah Crow kick where you, you kick it, and then everybody walks off the field, and we don't give a shit what happens. And then also, you could also have the I don't give a shit kick, and you just tee it up and kick it, and nobody really gives a shit where it goes. Just, you know, fuck it. Anyways, next year, let's, we need to work on that kicking game, and we need to add some kicks, more kicks, to our repertoire. All right, go dogs. And again, and again, I mean, we just, we are not, we are not utilizing the kicking game like we should. Say it's, uh, say you got eight seconds to go in the game, all right, and we're down on the one-yard line, and we've got Chubb in the backfield, and we've got to score. Uh, we don't give it a chug. No. You kick it. Yeah, you kick it. You know, rattle it back to, uh, you know, heave it back to, uh, anybody kick it that far. Heave it back to Chubb or somebody back there and let him just kick it over the goal line and see what happens. I'm telling you, we're not utilizing the kicking game enough. And, <laughs> And we could also, we could start a whole, we could start a whole new tradition that nobody else would ever do. Every time we score or do something good, instead of high-fiving, like everybody jumps up and down high-five, we could just kick the shit out of each other. So, so then next year, next year, instead of high-fiving, when we score, just turn to the guy next to you and just kick the shit out of him. And if it's Lou Holtz, if it's Lou Holtz or Steve Spurrier, you, you might want to kick him twice. I don't, my bad. When I kick this guy on their SATs now, you know what they got on their SATs? Tobacco juice. Not juice and tobacco. They got tobacco juice. All right, good dogs. Mm-hmm.